Welcome to church. It's good to have you guys here. To everybody online, we are so glad that you have joined us as well. We are continuing. If this is your first time with us, we are currently in a series called Just One Moment. And it's all about having a moment with Jesus. And we know for a fact, and we've, over the past couple of weeks, we have seen that all it takes is just one moment and our lives can be changed. So as we continue with our series today, I would like you to turn with me to the book of Acts. And we're going to be in chapter 9. And um, just a quick question. How many of you, how many have you guys have ever encountered something and you didn't want it to happen? Like walking in the grass outside your house and you've got dogs and there's landmines. How many of you guys have encountered that? Yeah. Let me see. Um, how many of you guys like accidents? Anybody been like in a fender bender? Um, you know, you start your day off, everything's going crazy, and then all of a sudden something just happens. How many of you guys get really frustrated in that time? How many of you guys has ever climbed out your car and go, oh, bless you? <laughs> hey? But you see, we have these moments. I don't know. How many of you guys have actually stepped in dog poop and went, oh, sorry. <laughs> like, and it's like, I, that is cool. No one has ever done that. But we get to in those moments, and it's really hard, but we get to in those moments See just what God is doing in our lives. It's never easy. It's never comfortable, but it is still a moment. And that is what we're going to discover as we turn to the book of Acts, chapter 9. We're going to be reading from verse 1, and this is what it says. Meanwhile, Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples he went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues in Damascus so that if he found any, there will belong to the way. Now that way is followers of Jesus. At that point in time, they weren't called Christians yet. The way was the way of this guy that we just crucified. And the, the build up to the story is we just come out of um, a place where um, one of the disciples, he tells people, he testifies about Jesus, and they stone him to death. And here's Paul, Saul, sorry, Saul. He will be later be called Paul. He goes to the high priest, and he is so upset about this new way because it goes against everything that they are used to. How many of you guys have taught your kids to do something a certain way? And then they do it a different way. How much does that tick you off? I'm just so glad they can run faster than me. It's like, when we cut grass, you cut it this way. And then they do it a different way. But dad, it's easier. No, it's not the way. And this is where Paul's at. Sorry, Saul. This is where Saul's at. There are these group of people that have encountered this guy. And so he doesn't like it because it's, Challenging, challenging everything that he understands, that he's been taught, that he's studied, and to him it's wrong. And so here we meet up with him just after they grab hold of one of Jesus' disciples, they stone Stephen to death, and he goes, I need papers so that I can find more people like this and we can get rid of them. 
And the high priest go, let's do that. And so he's on his way to Damascus, and we pick up again here in verse 2, and it says, so that if he found any of them who belonged to the way, whether men or women, he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. As he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? And check his response. Who are you, Lord? Remember last week we spoke about um, the encounter Peter had with Jesus. When he first encountered Jesus, it was master, teacher. But after the encounter and the revelation of who Jesus was, he immediately changed his perception of who he was and started calling him Lord. But Paul is in a moment where he experiences something and he knows it's supernatural. His question is, who are you, Lord? I am Jesus whom you are persecuting, he replied. Now get up and go into the city and you will be told what you must do. The men traveling with Saul stood there speechless. They had the sound, they heard the sound, but they did not see anyone. Once again, like last week, we discovered it's all a setup. Because God is going to set you up for an encounter and it's going to impact people around you. That is how generous he is. He will bless you and those around you will experience the overflow. And so here these guys are, they don't see anything, but they hear it. Saul got up from the ground, verse 8, but when he opened his eyes, he could see nothing. So they led him by the hand into Damascus. For three days he was blind and did not eat or drink anything. Today, as we just unpack this passage, I would like to talk to you from this heading, that's not what I wanted. Can we pray? Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you for encounters. Thank you for life. Encourage us, equip us, and we ask, use us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Anybody love getting gifts? Whose love language is gifts? <laughs> 21st of November is a very special day in the life of this church and in my household because someone very important was born on that day. No, it was not Jesus, but we do love him. But I love gifts. How many of you guys have ever gotten a gift and went, that's not what I wanted? How many of you guys have kids, you give them gifts and they go, that's not what I wanted? Yeah, yeah, that always happens. And, and, and I know a lot of you, if you've never heard me preach, I've got issues with socks. Because Christmas is that time of the year when all I get is socks. And in my mind, I keep going, it's not what I wanted. But then I met a certain man, Sarmon. If ever you guys get the chance, ask him, do you have cool socks on today? Dude, you guys need to meet Sarmon. He, he has changed my perspective on socks. He's always got the coolest socks. Hey? 
and, and so like when, when nowadays I'm like, send me socks, but not just any plain white socks. I'm not Michael Jackson anymore. <laughs> I want cool socks like that. They must come up to here and they must have a story. I mean, like, that's what I want. So I don't have a phobia of socks anymore. But that's not what I want. It's not what I want. I'm checking her out. Alison is going, ah, you um, that's not what I want. It's on camera. <laughs> but how many of you guys remember your first car? Man, I remember my first car. I, I got my first car while I was studying. Um, it was a... a 2000 model, um, Opel Astra, 16 liter, 16 valve, two liter. It was, uh, well, for a student, this was amazing. And then I got married. <laughs> Yay! And then I had to get rid of the car. How many of you guys know that's not what I wanted? I love that car. Uh, we had to get a family car because somewhere between getting the car and getting married, Milo had this bug bite him where, hey, let's convert this car into something super awesome. And he had like 18-inch rims on this car. He dropped the car. You could hear this car from like Paul while you're riding in Durbanville. It was that loud. He even had these massive speakers, man. Like, it was so cool. I could come around the corner and Allison's mom, I'd be like a kilometer away and she goes, oh, Milo's coming. <laughs> Yay! But then, I mean, like, I had, I, I had the, the, the bumpers on, man. I didn't have the trolley at the back, because eh? apparently that's not cool. And uh, Ali wouldn't have climbed in the car if there was one. So I didn't put the, the, the spoiler on at the back. But, you know, as, when we got married, the car was just, like, not family appropriate anymore, because apparently that exhaust kept waking the kid up. Didn't put him to sleep. So I had to get rid of the car, and that's not what I wanted. And then we got an SUV. Oh, but it was amazing. Hey, and, and then we got this SUV and we were driving around and then a few years later, we moved down to Cape Town. Had this car and this car had traveled and done quite a few trips to Cape Town. So obviously what happens, you put kilometers on the car and how many of you guys know the more Ks you put on the car, the more problems you have. So we get to Cape Town and within the year of us being here, it's just costing us too much money. And Ellie goes, <clears throat> we need to talk. And I realize, she goes, we need to get rid of the car. How many of you guys know that's not what I wanted? So we bought a new car. We got rid of this car. We bought a new car. The, the, the SUV was a three liter. So you needed your own petrol station to accommodate it. And Ellie was like, um, it's just not working for us. I'm seeing no money from your petrol station. You, you're drinking it up. And so we had to get rid of the car. And then we got ourselves from a two liter to a three liter. Now you see the progression. We went to a 1600. <laughs> Little Hyundai accent sedan. How many of you guys know that doesn't scream Milo? <laughs> Have you firstly seen the size of me? I get into the car and I can't even push the chair all the way back because there's this little kid who's like, Dad, I don't fit. <laughs> and so we, we have this little car and this little car is not what I wanted. It wasn't in my plan, but it served its purpose. It was lighter on fuel. It was cheaper than what we had and it was new, so it didn't cost me much. 
And there's a lot of times in our lives that we encounter Jesus in the same way. And then all of a sudden we say, but wait, hold up. That's not what I wanted. Because normally when Jesus steps into our lives, it means he needs to show us something. He needs to lead us in a specific way. He needs to take us from where we are to where he needs to be. And normally when we have that encounter, you know, Ali spoke about when we have encounters, sometimes we have to fight to get an encounter with Jesus. But when Jesus wants to encounter us, it means that something needs to change. And normally when something needs to change, it's not what we wanted. And here we find Paul, Saul, sorry. Here we find Saul on his way to Damascus. And his mission in life was to persecute, to get rid of people that followed Jesus. And the only way that that could stop was an encounter with Jesus. A lot of times in our lives, we're going to encounter people that we want to see things change in their lives. All we need to do is introduce them to the one who can change their lives. We can't do anything out of our own strength. And here we see that Jesus encounters Saul and stops him in his tracks. And that is what we need, is we need encounters sometimes in our lives to stop us heading in a direction that is not going to be good for us. How many of you guys have thought, you know what, like, when Alison and myself started dating, you know, I, I knew she was going to be the woman I'm going to marry. But like I told you, I just didn't have a timeline. I was just happy with life. How many of you guys have ever just been happy with life? No strings attached, happy with life. That is what it was like. Until I had an encounter with her and things changed. And the same happens in our walk with Jesus. We can give our hearts to Jesus and we can say, I am happy with life. But how many of you guys know we aren't just supposed to navigate through life? There's a purpose and a plan for each and every one of us. And God doesn't just want us to do life. He wants us to live life in abundance. And in abundance doesn't mean just going with the flow. In abundance actually means there's going to be times when what I do is going to be uncomfortable. And a lot of times in our lives we go, but wait, hold up, that's not what I wanted. Because a lot of people are scared. It's like, I don't want to give my heart to Jesus because then I can't do what I like doing. That's not what I want. But Jesus doesn't always say, hey, you have to change your lifestyle. Sometimes he's like, you just have to change one thing. Life has purpose when we follow Jesus, but life with encounters fulfills purpose. We need to have encounters in order to fulfill purpose. And can I tell you something? Everybody's encounter is going to be different. Because you know what? We were, we were listening to a, the testimony of Stephen Joe that has been battling with something for so long. And then he encounters Jesus and it changes. And everybody goes, that's a good encounter. I wish my encounters were like that. But how many of you guys know 
not everybody is going to have a burning bush experience. Not everybody is going to have Jesus climb in your boat and, and give you a heck of a lot of fish. Sometimes your encounter is going to be stop what you're doing and move away. Let's change your directions. Encounters with everybody is always different. And the reason for that is because you are the difference. You are the reason why your encounter is different. I have three kids and I encounter them differently on the same subject because they are different. I can't encounter my daughter like I encounter my oldest son. I can't encounter my middle son like I encounter my oldest. I cannot do that because they are all different. And Jesus knows the same about us. So our encounters will always be different. How many of you guys got a chocolate when you came in? Who didn't get a chocolate when you came in? I didn't get a chocolate. Shocking. Rudy, did you get a chocolate? Oh, sure. That's okay, it's okay. Don't worry, there are no more chocolates. Oh, yes, there's one. Whoop, whoop. Yay! <laughs> Come on, how cool is that? Okay, so let me ask, let me ask. How many of you just put your hand in and took a chocolate? Was there anybody that looked in the bag to choose your chocolate? Hey, yes, yes, yes. Because that is what we do. We all have a preference. We look inside and we want, no, I don't want that, I want that. Who got the Smarties? Did we have Smarties? Who wanted this? You wanted the Smarties. I mean, it just feels like there's more chocolate with Smarties. <laughs> you only got one, I got like six. <laughs> and that's just exactly what it's all about. Jesus looks at us and he goes, you are different. So I'm going to encounter you differently. Everyone's encounter is going to be different. We don't always get to choose the way we encounter Jesus. But can I tell you something? Who got a chocolate? How many different chocolates do we have there, Ali? Five different chocolates. What is the one thing that remains the same? You got a chocolate. Our encounters with Jesus will always be different. But that's the great thing. It's still an encounter. We need to stop looking at everybody else's encounter and go, that is what I want. Because you might not be walking in the shoes that that person has been going through and won't be able to handle the encounter that he or she has had. Was the chocolate good or what I said was good? <laughs> so he like took a bite and he's like, mm, that is so good. <laughs> What we do have to understand is, no matter who we are, no matter what we do, God will always pursue us to have an encounter. He never stops. He's looking for us to have an encounter with him before we know him. And when we do, he doesn't stop trying to encounter us as well. Check this out. Acts 9 from verse 10 says this. In Damascus, where was Paul on his way to? He was on his, sorry, Saul was on his way to Damascus. And now we pick up in verse 10. It says, in Damascus, there was a disciple named Ananias. The Lord called him in a vision. Ananias. 
I'm sure he's calling out to Paul, to Saul, and he's calling out to Ananias must have been so different. Why? Different people. The way God calls you and the way God calls me will be totally different. Yes, Lord, he answered. How did he know it was Lord? Because he had encountered Jesus before. And that is what we need to understand is we need to have constant encounters with Jesus so that we know when he encounters us who he is. Verse 11, the Lord told him, go to the house of Judas on Straight Street and ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul, for he is praying. In a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias come and place his hands on him to restore his sight. Lord, Ananias answered, that's not what I wanted. That's ultimately what Ananias is saying here. I have heard many reports about this man and all the harm he has done to your holy people in Jerusalem. And he has come here with authority from the chief priest to arrest all who call on your name. And now you send me to this guy? That's not what I wanted. God wants to encounter us whether we know him or not. And sometimes when we know him, we're like, oh, it's going to be an easy task. But mostly when we encounter him, he's going to ask us to do something that we don't really want to do. We've got, we've, we've got a, a team that helps us of volunteers. They, they, they lead worship. They help us in the tech booth. They, they, they raise our kids in the way of God by teaching them biblical um, principles they host, they make coffee, they give you the best coffee on a Sunday morning. And every week we challenge them. You can't just come here to serve. You have to do a little bit extra. So we ask them to lead a devotion. And, and when they all, when, you know, so this week we say, okay, in two weeks this person will be on. Everybody starts praying at that moment. Their heads go down and they go, Lord, may he not pick me. May he not pick me. <laughs> because that is not what I want. Because normally when God encounters people that love him, there is something he wants us to do extra. My boy knows when his dad calls him, he's like, oh, oh. Gravity, why? And he falls to the ground. What is he going to ask? He's like, dude, because I expect so much more from you. I know you can do things that your brother and sister can't do. Change my name. <laughs> but God wants to encounter us because he knows there's something in us that we need to do. He has an encounter, but it's not what he wanted Peter's encounter started out as an irritation. Why is this guy getting into my boat? Why do I have to push out? Why do I have to fish? Paul's encounter is one of a blockade. Whoa, what just happened here? I wanna, why can't I go somewhere? Why can't I see? But Ananias' encounter is like, dude, I need you to step up. An encounter with Jesus always requires action. You can't stay the same and you can't stay in the same place because God is always going to ask you to do something. 
Because that is why we are here. That is why he has saved us. First of all, to be connected with God the Father. But secondly, so that others may know about who he is. When last have you had an encounter where God has asked you, hey, go and pray for someone? My wife used to hate those moments. We go to Woolies and she's like, where's my husband? He's gone. He's praying for someone, ain't he? And she's just gotten used to it. Because normally when he used to run away, he's like, what can he get to eat? Now he's like, who can I pray for? What is God asking you to do? Encounters are what we need, but it's not always going to come the way we want it. Because sometimes we just want to encounter Jesus in worship. How many of you guys ever just... I can at home just put on music and have an encounter with Jesus. But sometimes God is like, I don't just need that from you. I need something else. And it will always be different. But check this out. Every encounter, there will be a purpose. There's a purpose with every encounter. Um, I don't know how many of you guys took a break after matric, your final exams. No one? I thought I was going to take a break. And uh, my dad had other plans. Go, Dad. I love you, Dad. He's probably watching this. <laughs> so what happened was, uh, after matric, um, all my friends, they went on holiday. They, they put money together. They got in a couple of cars, and they went away. Me, I decided I get to sleep in late. That was the last day I slept in late. The first Monday after my exams, my dad phones me and he goes, what you doing? I'm like, uh, I'm sleeping. He's like, well, you are sleeping no more. Get up, get dressed, grab your ID book and head over to this recruiting agency. I'm like, but why? He's like, there's no but why, just do. I'm like, oh, okay, yay. My dad got me a job after matric to work as a laborer in a place called Sassel. But not any place within Sassel. Sassel's divided up into different units. Each unit does something different. And my dad got me a job at this place called Unit 52. It's where they refine and recycle water. So it's not just the fire water. It's not just the drinking water. It's the flushing water as well. It goes from this whole plant to this place. And they recycle it to be used again. It's not what I wanted. Luckily, I wasn't there all my life. <laughs> but the problem is, there was a purpose behind that encounter. Because before my exams, my dad asked me, what's your plan? And I said, I don't know. I haven't made up my mind. Please don't ask me to look for a university because I will waste your money. These are my exact words. And he went, that's okay, my boy. Finish your exams. And he walked away. And then I had an encounter with Trevor Bridgens. And he was like, there's no way you're going to sit at home. There's no way you're not going to have a plan. 
let's have an encounter quickly. But there was a purpose behind what he did because after a month, he comes and he asks, are you enjoying yourself? I had to wake up at five to be at work at six, to be home later at six. 12 hours of smelling like, sure, poop, and getting paid minimum wage. How many of you guys know I didn't say, Dad, I want to do this for the rest of my life? I told him, Dad, whatever opens up, I'll even do home economics. I am not going to work here any longer. He's like, that is just what I wanted to hear. Unfortunately, you will not go and sit at my house and do nothing. You will work for the rest of the year. So that was the rest of November, December, until everything opened, which would be in January. But it had a purpose. Our encounters with Jesus will always have a purpose. Check this out. Acts 9 verse 15. God, Jesus speaks to Ananias and he says, But the Lord said to Ananias, Go, because this man is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and their kings and to the people of Israel. I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. There's always a purpose of your encounter. Saul's encounter was that he could carry the gospel to people. And Anais' encounter was to go and get Saul ready for that encounter. Encounters will take you from something and prep you for something. Just like Jesus, before you knew him, saved you from something for something. There's always a purpose behind what happens. Paul was on his way to lock up Christians, but his encounter stops him immediately. And from persecuting them, he would be preaching to them. How many of you guys have ever prepped for something, like a holiday, and then all of a sudden things changed? Lockdown, lockdown. How many of you guys have prepped for life and then lockdown happened? <laughs> Let's have a family meeting. <laughs> but things will always change. Men will always have plans. But I love what Proverbs 19 verse 21 says. is like many other plans in a person's heart. But check this out. It's the Lord's purpose that prevails. I don't know if that was, ah, he's on screen. But it's the Lord's purpose that prevails. No matter who you are, no matter what you are going through, God always has a purpose for running into you. I've said this before. Not all of us are going to become Paul's and have his ministry. But all of us can become Ananias and meet with the person next to us. Share Jesus with the person next to us. Ananias was... Supposed to get Saul ready, but remember this, your obedience to God is someone else's miracle. As someone that knows Jesus, just being obedient is setting someone else up to encounter him in a different way. And most of you will go, that's not what I wanted. I want God to speak to me. I want God to encourage me. He will encourage you through what you need to do. 
quickly turn with me to Acts chapter 9. I'm going to ask Emma, can you join me up on stage? Acts chapter 9, from verse 17. It's all about obedience. Life as a Christian and encountered life, a moment with Jesus is all about obedience. In verse 17, we read, and it says, Then Ananias went to the house and entered it. I preached a series once called, God is going to do what God is going to do. doesn't matter how you feel. It doesn't matter what you think about yourself. It doesn't matter um, what you... Um, what qualifications you have, he's going to do what he's going to do. Last week we learned that you can have a bad attitude and he will still bless it. It's all about obedience. Here we see you can be quivering in fear and don't want to, but obedience will see something great come out of it as well. A life as a Christian cannot be lived without being obedient to who God is. That is why we need to read our Bibles. That is why we have to pray so that we can hear what he has to say to us. So placing his hands on Saul, he said, Brother Saul. Isn't it funny how immediately he's already a brother, part of the family? Let me tell you this. If you have asked Jesus to be Lord and Savior of your life, you are family. We are a messed up family. But it's family. It's not about what you still need to do. It's about what you have done, the decision you have made. You are family. So someone over here needs to hear you belong. Prodeo is a place where you can come as you are and belong. So you're a family member. You belong. You don't have to look for anything. You belong. You don't have to try and do anything. You belong. We'll give you work to do. But you belong. You belong. You're part of the family. It doesn't just have to be here per day, though. You might just be visiting and you're going to go home to your own church. You belong. Someone is watching this on TV or on on, on YouTube, on Facebook, on your phone, wherever it is, you belong. You never have to try and fit in. You belong. Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here has sent me so that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And immediately, something like scales fell from Saul's eyes and he could see again. He got up and was baptized. One last thing I want to leave. It's not what I want, but check this out. No one is beyond God's reach. No one is beyond God's reach. I used to hate surprise parties. I told my wife, I don't like parties. Just give me gifts and I'm happy. Take me out for food and I'm happy. I'm easy to please. But my wife, she loves parties. 
theme parties, surprise theme parties. Can I go on? She loves them. So one day she got fed up with the fact that her husband doesn't like surprise parties, let alone parties in itself. And so I tell her, listen, I don't want a party. Can we just have an evening together? And she looks at me. Have you, have you ever had that look in someone's eyes where you know you've done something? And she twiddles her fingers. She's like, okay, it's time to have that conversation. And she goes, I know you don't like it, but I've asked a couple of friends to come over. That before you, it was going to be a surprise party, so surprise. All you have to do is just pitch up. That's all we ask you. That night comes, and there's a bunch of people there. And can I tell you something? Best birthday ever. It's not what I wanted, but it's what I needed. A lot of us might think, hey, an encounter with Jesus, that's not what I wanted. But it's not about you. It is for you. And it doesn't matter who you are. It's not what I wanted. It's what Jesus used to get to me. I realize that when you don't want something, but what you need is an encounter with Jesus. And in my birthday, I saw your people that actually love me. They want to celebrate me. So she used a party to show me that. It's not what I wanted, but what was used. You might not want an encounter, but it's what God will use to get to you. There is no one too far gone that he cannot reach. There is nothing you have done that will stop him from showing up in your life. Hashtag nothing is impossible for God. It's not what Saul wanted, but it's how Jesus got to him. If it wasn't for Saul, we wouldn't be sitting here. Can I take one step further? If it wasn't for Ananias, we wouldn't be sitting here. So you might want an encounter and you want to do great and mighty things. Maybe God is saying, I just need you to do something. Our encounters will never be the same. But know this, God has a plan and purpose for you. You might not want to step out of your comfort zone. It's not what you want to do. But it's what God needs you to do. You are the difference that someone else needs at this moment. All we need is just one moment. One moment won't just change our life. One moment will change someone else's life as well. Can we pray?